Hello, and welcome to the More Than Moves podcast, where we explore all the different things that we can do together as an elders quorum beyond helping people move. I'm here with Walter Van Hoff, and I'm really looking forward to everyone getting to know him a little bit better. Uh, I know he's been in the ward for a long time, but not everyone may know him or know him very well. And so, Walter, why don't you just start off by introducing yourself to everybody. So I haven't been born of goodly parents <laughs> many, many years ago. I was actually born in, uh, in Holland, uh, where I also grew up uh, most of my youth. Uh, when I was nine years old, my family uh, moved from Holland to South Africa, where my father had an assignment for three years. And um, I actually am the third son born after World War II, and my brothers were born before World War II. So there's quite a time difference in, in between me and my older brothers, 10 and 14 years. And incidentally, unfortunately, they both have deceased now. But in any case, when we moved to South Africa, I was nine years old and my brothers were 19 and 23. So um, when we got there, my uh, older brother got married there pretty quick. Um, he was already engaged uh, in Holland and his bride we came over and they got married and in any case we were there um, um, for, for three years uh, that was the intention my father completed his assignment but my mother um, wanted to go back early so after two years my mother and I traveled back to uh, the Netherlands and the relevance of that is that shortly after we moved back to the Netherlands we had a visit by the missionaries and we were both uh, converted and my father came later and found a big surprise and uh, who he was not very religious to begin with and uh, had no interest in in joining but he actually did join uh, later on so uh, there on I uh, grew up so from 9 to 11 I was in South Africa and then from there on I was in the Netherlands and uh, uh, went through most of my education there and started working I actually worked in Spain for a while uh, before the, the church was organized there. So I missed the church uh, during that period. And it's also uh, significant because um, I became very uh, motivated to go to church every Sunday after that experience. Um, even more so after I worked uh, with Shell for a couple of years on a ship and uh, um, had uh, rare opportunities to go to church during those two, year, two years. And then I tried to extend my education and uh, decided to get an MBA at uh, BYU. Uh, and I found my wife there and we married fairly soon after I got there, about a year after uh, I went to Provo. She had already been there for a while and was uh, uh, studying for her PhD in French literature. And um, uh, after we got to know each other, uh, we um, uh, decided to get married and did that. Actually, back in Europe, rather than having all the family travel to the US, we traveled back to Europe and got married there. And that was in uh, 1974. And um, uh, so we had... A, wonderful uh, uh, marriage. We had some trouble uh, having children. My wife had a number of miscarriage and also a stillborn child before we had our first son uh, who was born in France. We, we were living there so we lived uh, in Utah and then in New Jersey 
for a training period of about six months and then in Brussels for a couple of years and then in, uh, in France for a couple of years where my oldest son was, was born. And then in 1980 we moved from France to the Bay Area and um, uh, actually here in Sunnyvale, uh, not, not in Sunnyvale, in Mountain View, um, uh, and became part of the Sunnyvale Third Ward at the time. Um, and uh, uh, so meeting in the, uh, in the Grand Road building. Uh, so we, we've been there meeting in that building for actually all the time that we were, that I've been living here in California since 1980. Um, the, the building was remodeled at one time and we met in Jordan building for maybe a year or so. For church experience, I, I had an uh, um, interesting experience when I was relatively young still in Holland. I was called as um, stake executive secretary. Uh, it was a new calling at the time. And uh, so um, they didn't know exactly uh, what to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know exactly what to do with the calling, but it was a great experience because I had opportunity to, to, to meet with the visiting um, general authorities. And in those days, it was in the, in the uh, uh, early 70s, late 60s even, um, you know, we had uh, Elder Hunter come over and Elder Hinckley and, and uh, they both became prophets later on. And um, so I got to know them uh, a little bit uh, at an early age uh, because the church was much smaller in those days. And it was a very nice experience. And then later on when we were in Brussels, I was called stake executive secretary again uh, when they organized the Brussels stake with Elder Monson. And so that was an interesting experience. And then later in France, I was a branch president. And... Um, so that was uh, actually uh, rather a, a struggle because we were an hour away from church and we had to meet in the morning and in the afternoon. So we stayed the whole day on Sunday <laughs> and, um, for church meetings. And there was a small little branch. Now it's a, it's a thriving ward, uh, I'm, I'm pleased to, uh, to say. And, and, and I am going back there every once in a while. I was back there this summer. Um, and it was very nice to meet with those uh, members. Um, but um, uh, in California, uh, I um, uh, came here to work for a company in, in Menlo Park, uh, a company called Raychem, which is not, uh, it has been merged into another company. Uh, AMP is that company. But uh, the, the nice thing about uh, that Raychem was that it was very entrepreneurial. And um, uh, we had the, a lot of leeway to uh, develop uh, new products, which we often did with customers. And so it, it, uh, it was a great uh, opportunity to work with them and really kind of uh, get my entrepreneurial uh, juices going. And so uh, after I worked with them for 10 years, I, uh, I changed and went into uh, more of the traditional high-tech uh, companies and eventually started my own company. Um, uh, in the uh, late 90s and we did uh, what is now known as artificial intelligence basically um, providing uh, test solutions for um, uh, new networks that were changing from circuit networks to packet networks and so it was important to do what they call end-to-end -end 
testing and simulating uh, human subjects. So we started out with uh, measuring voice quality by um, uh, 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 simulating uh, uh, human subjects using the what they call the uh, psychoacoustic model, which has been developed um, uh, for a long period of time, primarily in Germany by an institution called Fraunhofer. And um, we used a lot of their technology to develop our algorithms for, for that purpose. And it was uh, um, uh, quite uh, successful because it was at the time when cellular phones started and also voice over IP. And um, uh, uh, our uh, algorithms were used in a number of different tools and uh, we were quite successful with that. And then later on, we did the same for video but there's no psycho-video model, okay? There are psycho-video principles uh, that are developed primarily through, um, through video compression. And so we use those and develop algorithms. And typically, these algorithms are compared to um, subjective tests, where there's a group of people basically uh, looking at clips and rating them. And then uh, you measure your uh, algorithm against the uh, subjective test, and then you get an, a correlation. And if the correlation is 80% uh, or plus, then you have a, a, a decent solution. And that we were able to accomplish that. And so uh, at the moment, um, the, the company has a number of clients uh, uh, that uh, we have developed. Most well known is Disney Corporation which has ESPN and ABC and a number of other entities, but also other companies. And uh, we work uh, with them rather intensely. But what happened is that uh, when my, my late wife, who passed away in 2014, when she got terminally ill with cancer, uh, I decided to take care of her and uh, pass all my responsibilities on to my partner and basically retire from uh, the, the venture. Uh, so, um, and, and they kind of shifted gears toward um, uh, developing new business and new clients and so forth to basically uh, focus on technology and working with existing clients. Um, uh, because my partner was really the technical um, and I was a commercial um, uh, uh, driver in, in the company. So I retired uh, in 2014, and then after my wife passed away, I decided to, uh, uh, to teach. And I taught at uh, uh, San Jose State and decided to teach uh, international business, which has been my, my interest and my, my, my passion um, for throughout my career. And um, that has been quite rewarding until COVID started when it happened so two years ago uh, in this uh, spring semester uh, we had to switch from in-class teaching to online teaching and uh, when we did that I finished the semester but I experienced that the online teaching was not for me and so decided not to continue with that so um, I may start again but uh, it, it looks like again this semester will be primarily online um, because of Omicron, and so um, I, I probably will um, uh, just fully retire and focus on my main hobby, which is traveling. And um, so last summer, 
I uh, decided to make good on one of the uh, items on my bucket list, which is to uh, uh, travel in Europe uh, on the waterways, we, which we had done the, the rivers and the canals in, in, in Europe. We, we did that with my, my, my kids were small uh, um, and we rented a boat in, in both Holland sometimes and sometimes in France and uh, enjoyed it very much and decided my wife and I that when we retire we would do that more often uh, for more longer periods of time and of course uh, uh, things kind of changed after she passed away but last year my son and I decided that we would make good on that and uh, um, spent uh, four months in uh, France I, I bought a boat which is um, being improved right now and uh, this coming summer I will do it again uh, with my other son for a period of time and with other friends and family and acquaintances uh, throughout the summer. So, so that's um, um, what kind of keeps me busy. Um, I still am somewhat involved in the business occasionally. Um, and then there's uh, uh, another venture that I do is my, my wife was very successful in publishing a textbook um, for which uh, with uh, different publishers, but the last one was uh, John Wiley and John Wiley uh, gave us the publishing rights uh, when they learned that uh, my wife went, uh, was um, uh, passing and that uh, she wouldn't produce any more new versions. So we have the, the publishing rights of the last edition, which is the eighth edition, and uh, we're actually um, actively publishing that, and uh, uh, it uh, continues to be uh, quite successful. So um, I'm busy with that, and uh, uh, also have plans to uh, improve my home and maybe do some other investments and so forth. So, so that's kind of yeah. what, what I do. Yeah, it sounds like you've seen and done a lot in your life. And so with the sailing in particular, how did you learn to sail? Uh, at what point in your life did you kind of take that up? And how did you uh, kind of develop those skills to the point where you could then do this bucket list uh, trip with your son? Well, thank you for the question. Uh, I, I started to learn how to sail when I was a teenager. In Holland, we have a lot of you know, um, uh, water and lakes and rivers and canals. And so I, I, I learned it there. And uh, then, uh, as I mentioned uh, later, we, we did it a number of times with my family. Uh, and so I became very uh, familiar with it, uh, developed the, the basic skills. But those improved as we uh, ventured on this last summer. And in the beginning, I really needed my, my son. And then uh, he uh, took a, a break with his friend traveling through Europe for a couple of weeks during that period. And then I did it by myself and managed to do it quite well. So, so it's been uh, an ongoing process of improvement. And so we haven't uh, ventured out at sea. The, the, the boat that I bought is seaworthy, so we could do that. Um, so that will be kind of the next challenge that I, I may venture into uh, this next summer, um, but I may not. So, uh, and have you done much sailing here in the Bay Area? No. Has it all been in Europe? It's all been it's all been in Europe. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, different there in the sense that uh, I focus really on the waterways, so the, the rivers and the canals, 
and uh, not so much in the uh, the ocean uh, related uh, uh, sailing which which you would do in the in in the in the bay area and it's uh, it's we call it sailing uh, because it involves a boat but it's a motor cruiser okay so um, you're much more versed to uh, to engage in the canals and, and, and rivers than you would be with a sailing boat where you have to have wide open water like you have in the bay um, uh, and it's also a lot easier to to get around well Walter this has been great sitting down with you just for a little bit and learning more about your uh, personal history and you know digging a little bit into sailing and hopefully uh, people within our quorum and within our ward who don't know you very well will take the opportunity to come say hi and and get to know you and then uh, we'll look forward to hearing about these this next set of adventures mm -hmm, that sure. you're on.